Hey, welcome to episode 78 of the Sunfire Tavern, this bank holiday special. Uh, our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV, with me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, discussing the hot topics from the last few weeks. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Sunfire Tavern, and listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you want to send us your questions or comments, uh, you can do so via the Google form linked in the podcast information below, or drop us an email at, what is it, sunfiretavern at gmail.com? That's the it one. Is. It is. Hello, Ollie. Hello. How are you with your hay fever? Oh, the hay fever is killing me, bro. I'm not going to do yeah. the joke again. We, we, just before the call, we, I was like, <laughs> hey. Oh, I did it. I, I've done it. Never mind. Fever. I've ruined um, it. Yeah, hay fever is just ruining me. It's uh, hay fever season. so. But it's okay. I've got a chill bank holiday Monday, chatting to my pal about games and all that, and just chilling at home. Yeah. When are you doing that? Uh, just a little bit oh, off after this, this. After yeah. this, okay. Yeah, it's a little see, bit off this, actually. Yeah. Um, but how are you, man? Yeah, good. Uh, like just come off a long weekend. I've been in Birmingham this weekend watching queer rugby. Ooh. Um, which is like straight rugby, only everyone's in high heels and looking fantastic. That's not true at all. That would be. Awful. <laughs> I was it's gonna just... say, holy shit, playing rugby <laughs> in high heels is crazy. That's a challenge. Uh, no, no, it's just a queer-friendly rugby league that goes on and travels throughout the throughout the UK and Europe, I think. Um, and it was just lovely. Like it was really nice to see. That's awesome. Um, and my grinder was popping up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the only reason anyone was there, I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but no, it's good. Um, yeah. Other than that, just uh, hitting the gym hardcore. So I'm doing the gym every day now. Oh uh, wow. Doing awesome, that for now. Man. Three weeks, apart from a very short break to go to Amsterdam. Very nice. Uh, so obviously nice. took a week off for that. And yeah, that's been my last few weeks. How about yourself? What's been cool, the man. Ollie world? Uh, I mean, the usual, really. Just a lot of climbing. Uh, and then um, just a lot of chilling out, playing games. I'm kind of, I'm, I've am i started playing uh, Advanced Wars, which is good. So oh, yes. Around. Yeah. It's been a lot of How fun. Uh, dude, I don't know. I feel like I'm becoming more of a tech snob more and more. It's like the Switch's frame rate. Sometimes when I see frame rate drops on the Switch, I'm just like, oh man, come on. It can't be that hard to render this, right? Well, I too have been playing Advanced Wars. Yeah, what do you think? Just not the one that just came out. You're playing the classic (laughs) one. Oh, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, okay. Um, But yeah, I've been playing the 1 plus 2 reboot camp uh, yep. on Switch, and yeah, it's great. Like all the music is good. Like all the co-redesigns and kind of animated and this kind of like uh, live 2D style is very cool. Um, I will say, like the 3D visuals are cool, but also uh, not worth the frame rate drop. And it's kind of sometimes the the sound. I'm a bit of a snob, so like the sound effects are like not as crunchy as like kind of like the weird like 16-bit old school sounds. Um, yeah, but generally game's great like i'm still going through the first campaign so uh we'll see i'm, I'm excited to see how it picks up in the set in like the second campaign because then that's where they start adding like superpowers and way more superpowers not as in like uh sorry super co-powers not superpowers in like flying and invisibility and all that um but then also they just add like way more characters to the game so I'm um, just excited to see how than the original, or is it is it an, is it like a carbon copy of the original just with up, up, updated graphics and music? Yes, I think there is a little bit of rebalancing as well. I I do I, maybe my memory is hazy, but some of the maps I'm playing do feel a little bit different or redesigned. But the, but the content itself on a on a base level is all the same. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the version I'm playing is the same version as what you're playing. Most likely, yes. If you're playing Advance Wars one or two, so. Uh, but yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> okay. 
Uh, apart from that, I've been, I've, I think I've pretty much finished Resident Evil 4. Uh, great game. No, no complaints, really. It's... I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah. Everyone's I, raving about it. I did get stuck in the target practice zone, trying to 100% all the target practice things, and that was painful. Uh, and apart from that, uh, what else have I played? I feel like I've played something else recently. I'm just going to check my uh, recently played. Oh, the Street Fighter 6 demo. Um, oh, tell me. Yeah, it's great. I'm very excited for that game, dude. It's so much fun. Like, uh, it, all the stuff with the single player is re like, way more than I was expecting. And the exciting thing is, is that a lot of people that I wouldn't normally expect to play Street Fighter or try it are seeing the single player stuff and being like, oh, maybe I will try this. This looks like fun. Like, the single player, like, uh, all the RPG mechanics and stuff like that. Um, and the character the I went to my friend's house to play on PS5 early. Uh, and we tried to make the most cursed custom character possible to see if the game could handle it, and it did. The hitboxes were all scaled correctly and everything, which is crazy, um, and it was absolutely cursed to see a character with T-Rex arms trying to throw Hadoukens. It was, uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. But, um, what else? Um, uh, well, I was thinking, before we go too far into what we've been playing and watching, we should probably do the agenda, because oh, we haven't done that bit yet. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've only got one more thing. You're just too excited. Yeah, I'll just but get it's... out of the way. Like, yeah, let's get it out of the way. Yeah, get uh, and I played. I started playing Raft with my partner, which has been. A lot oh. Fun. Yeah, I feel like that I game that is. Game. Was... I feel like a while, that... while ago. Yeah, it's it's quite old. I I do feel like the game is just like the perfect mobile game ad, but it's like actually just a game. It's just like the concept of oh, you're on a raft and you pick stuff. You're just sailing around the sea and you just pick shit up from yep. everywhere. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the concept. Sounds great. I mean, so that's it. So we start playing that, and it's fun. It is. Uh, we've we've got a bit of a direction of where to go, um, but we're interested to see how. Well, like we've got not got to the bit where like, oh, there's actually things to do. Like there's a video game bit here. Like, mm. um, but yeah, I guess we'll get to that. Anyway, sorry, mm. sorry for th over three. Agenda, and then I'll do what I've been playing and watching. Well, yes. we'll combine them. Yes. So uh, this week we're going to obviously do what we've been playing and watching. We've already we're already halfway through. Uh, we're going to talk about the ABK merge that got stopped in the UK. Uh, as a result, the merge itself has been stopped. Uh, Jedi Survivor launched, and it wasn't great. Sad face. Uh, Sega buying Angry Birds, brackets Rovio. Uh, Microsoft ain't paying for Twitter anymore. Um, Bowser got released from prison. Hey. Uh, turns out there wasn't the princess who was in the castle. Who, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, the problem with the economy, and let's talk retro gaming in its state in 2023, which is going to be... Kind of a big subject for me, because there's a lot been going on. Yes. Just for me. So, what I've been playing and watching. Uh, I have finished Ghostwire Tokyo, mm -hmm. and really enjoyed it. It was great. The open world stuff is really fun. The story is very hard-hitting near the end. Yeah. Um, great overall game. Can't can't really rate it down. I, I, I do see a lot of people saying that the controls are terrible, and the, the combat is really horrible. Um, and I found that that's partly because the... Uh, the 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 graphics setting that people are using is is by default really shit. Um, there's like eight graphics settings for the game on Xbox, and when you pick the sixth one, which I think is called uh, performance mode with VSync on and quality drop, the game runs beautifully and it looks beautiful as well. Yeah. But it, it took took me a while to find that difficult that um, that performance mode. So since I did that, it's been fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed that. Very good game. Uh, I've been playing Dredge. Oh is... shit! I did play that too. What but do you think of Dredge? Um, you go first. Okay. Well, I'd like it. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> it feels like Animal Crossing if Cthulhu was always just out of reach. Yeah. Like, always just there, but not quite in view. Um, it's very creepy. It's very relaxing. Um, I do find some of the stacking systems in it are a little bit frustrating because there's a lot of going back and forth. Yeah. Like, you have to go out, catch a few fish, bring them back, and then do something else and do something else. It does feel like one problem I have with a lot of video games is where the features stack up, but they don't really feel like they need to. I see. So there's a there's a lot going on in the game uh, very quickly, and I get quite overwhelmed with that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go and catch some fish, yeah. which I've been doing, and then slowly, kind of meandering out around the back of the island and looking at the big red thing that's glowing. And I haven't seen what that is yet because I'm too scared to go out at night. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to ask, how far have you gotten with the game? So I have barely progressed at all. I've okay. been to, I've built the little. Um, place I've done the quest for the builder yep. where you move her from the starting place to the next area and I've now started collecting the relics is what I'm doing yeah but I haven't found one yet I thought I'd found them but it turns out they were just trinkets okay cool 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 so I I have collected like three or four of the relics so there's five I think in total Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, and then I basically went like, okay, I think I've seen enough now. Like, I get the game. So I have a lot of thoughts about it. I, hold on, I'm going to sneeze. But before I sneeze, I'll try and get it out. Um, I really like the idea of the game, like the mechanics and everything. I just realized that I just don't like deep sea Cthulhu themes or like these okay. like, kind of like cult themes. I think it's like the same problem I had with Cult of the Lamb where like, I'm just like, this game would be if this game had better vibes, like as in like the mechanics are great and I like the idea, but like if this game just had like better vibes, kind of similar to like Moonglow Bay, like um and just like nice music, chill vibes, and you were just doing a lot of fishing and there's like a progression of like improving your boat and all these other things, I would mm. much prefer this game. Um, but so it's the Cthulhu element that puts you off. Like yeah, the, it's like Lovecraftian. You know? I keep yeah. saying Cthulhu, Lovecraftian is what the style is. Yeah, and I know there's a whole thing of like you know people going mad at sea and all this other stuff, which I guess yeah. yeah, which is makes sense. But I guess for me, it's just kind of like that's not the interesting part of the game. The interesting part of the game to me, because I'm goopy gamer brained, is like the mechanics of like sorting my inventory space and upgrading my ship and kind of like the different. Like if they made some more like fishing mechanics or added more to that kind of thing. Um, it does seem yeah. that element is quite weak, doesn't it? Like it's just here's an annoying inventory, um, go and fish, and it's like yeah, but does this ever expand? Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but I think it's uh, I like the idea, and I think if if there was more interesting like uh, kind of upgrades and these other things, because I quite like the inventory space management and kind of improving your ship and all these other things like when you get like lots of speed upgrades and you start moving really quickly it does feel great um and i will say the other thing is that uh, uh i don't know if this is if this is spoilers but basically you know well, i guess you've seen it you know like when you have like the action wheel there's like spaces on it right yes okay yeah, yeah. so when you upgrade I keep pressing ra- the horn all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how um you know, it's like a Zelda game, right? So every time you get a relic, you get a new ability. Well, it's, it's being compared quite heavily to Wind Waker, which I disagree yes. with. But mechanically, yes, the sailing part is very Wind Waker. It's very yes. similar. Yeah. yeah. In the sense that it's you're just a boat. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's sort of cel-shaded, and you are going out next to little points and dropping your little hook in, which is which you do that a lot in Wind Waker. Yeah, that is fair, yeah. But there's no, there's no mechanic to fishing. You just drop your hook in. 
Yes, that's it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so the, the comparisons wouldn't work. I think are very weak. It's like people are like, I see thing. It looked like thing. Therefore, it must be thing. And it's like, mm, yeah. Are you a video games reviewer or are you just a pleb? <laughs> You're but, a pleb. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, is like, if it had better vibes, I guess, like you know, you can still have like uh, dangers and stuff out at sea. I think that that's fine and that's cool. But I guess for me, I'm just kind of like cult Cthulhu things are a bit like eh whatever man like, yeah but like, it's, yeah. I think it's quite an easy uh, aesthetic to go for because the overarching point of it is that the, 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 the well the overarching story is always being led by the the infinite old gods yeah which which I think is quite an easy mythos to to like poke into yes because it's all very much just people just going crazier and crazier and crazier and weird like, like for example the fisherman just locked himself in his in his little room Yes, and then came back, and he's uh, the image of the like his face has changed. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he's been Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, that's kind of cool. I guess it, I guess for me, it's just like later as it as the game goes on, that gets like a little bit weaker. I guess, and like yeah. kind of you know, it's that's the problem with these kinds of games is that as the mysticism disappears, and you kind of like you know, right now you're saying that you're scared of being out at sea and things yeah. like that, and that's I'm sure I, w- I won't be at some point. Yeah, so at some point you just kind of go like, okay, well, I know how this madness mechanic works, and it's kind of like it doesn't right. it, it becomes less of a thematically interesting like oh madness and all these other things and more of just like okay this is just a game mechanic and i'm just like whatever no well it's not the madness that worries me it's just the fact that when my lights turn off <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah i don't want to hit a rock because i don't like doing the, the damage repair stuff no i get you so that... That, that's what triggers me i just don't want to hit a rock yeah yeah <laughs> um like, perfect gameplay but yeah i i can like the reason i played it was because there were some people who were saying like oh this is my game of the year and I was oh, like, no, okay, interesting. Not. So I wanted to try yeah. it out yeah. and uh, see. I mean, it's absolutely not a game of the year, but the, I mean, I actually went through a whole ordeal to get this game. So, you know, I, I use my third-party websites yes. to order via Brazil and blah, blah, blah. Yes. I finally had one that it didn't work. Oh. So so I messaged the site and I was like, hey, um, I've bought the key and your little key claiming system is not allowing me to claim it. It's stuck at pending. Yes. Uh, so they took like four days to respond, sent me an email saying, you need to send your ID. And I was like, I'm not sending my ID into dodgywebsite.cn no thank you yeah um, i said that there's probably another way we can do this so i did this like verification thing and they're like we've now unlocked your purchase and they unlocked a purchase from like two years ago i was like huh um no uh, so then again they did it again they tried to get my id and i was like no i'm not giving you my id um and then it, suddenly it just worked and i got the key but it took like five six days to get the bloody key Weird. Um, so i only started playing it like two days ago but i have been enjoying it yeah. Um, but other than that, so I mean, we could talk for hours about Dredge, but uh, yeah. this is not the Dredge podcast. This I'd is the Sunfire I'd, Tavern podcast. I'd, yeah, I'd say stick with it, and we can have a discussion when you get later. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm probably, around. but I could already feel like I'm not gonna, probably not gonna finish it because mm, mm, mm. it's it's not it's not like luring me in because I think I already know where uh-huh. it's going. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> unintentional <laughs> joke there, but well done. Uh, it's it's not fish baiting me in. See, that's clever as well. Yes, it's not clever at all. Um, but otherwise, what else have I been playing? So um, there's a whole chunk of stuff I've been playing, but we're going to talk about that when we get down to retro gaming in the discussion point because um, of my new device that I've uh, obtained. So I'll tell you now, and then we can talk about it a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, I found So I went out for a drink with a friend a few weeks ago, and he pulls out this little thing out of his pocket. It's a device, not something lewd. Um, and it looked like a Game Boy. Like it looked almost exactly like a Game Boy, but with a beauty. You know how the Android Pocket looks? Yes. It had that screen, but it was the sh- the shape and almost the size, but very flat yeah. of a Game Boy. Like the same look, uh, same aesthetic and everything. It could have been a Game Boy just with a side-to-side screen. Yeah. So the screen going from one side of the plastic to the other rather than being in that little chunk that the Game Boy's in. And I was like, that's really cute. What's that? 
showed it me. It's called the Ambernic RG35XX. Um, and it's a £50 retro gaming console that runs everything up to, like, PlayStation flawlessly. Wow. Like, yeah, and, and like... He turned it on and he was like halfway through a Pokemon game and it, it turns on instantly and goes straight to the game and the screen's nice and crisp because it's like a like a OLED not an OLED um you know you know the the Switch screen that's not OLED whatever it is now LED screen how uh, I think it is OLED yeah but I, I no, know OLED, OLED is the new Switch okay the screen that isn't the OLED Switch oh the, right um I have no you know idea just that. just a normal digital screen like yeah, a, yeah. but it's beautiful like it's super clear super crisp and very bright. Yes. Um, so he was like showing me all these different games. Then he like flicked onto Metal Gear Solid, which which instantly loaded back to where he was, and it's flawless. Like I was like, this is incredible. So I bought one. It turned up the next day from China, which is mental. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to like install all the firmware and get this working. It comes with everything on it already, including like six thousand games. Oh my god. I was like, this is horribly illegal. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say like this must not be very illegal oh it's, but, it's yeah. horribly illegal like when yeah. i i didn't intend it to, to ha- i didn't even know it came with the games on it i i expected it to come blank like a, any other retro pocket gaming device would do and i would install like garlic os or yeah uh, retro arc or something on it but it, it i mean it, uh, but I, I have since wiped it and installed garlic os on it because i prefer my own operating system that i have control over yes. and plus garlic os being built on retro pie um sorry retro arc is a much more stable emulation system and you've got all like, the, the instant save stating and stuff. But it's got these four triggers on the back as well, which are all like assigned to different shortcuts if you hold the menu button and press the trigger. So you can do like instant save state recovery, instant save loading, rewind, fast forward. Like they're all there on the buttons. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that. And as a result, I've been playing through Final Fantasy VI, which I've never actually played before, mm. other than the first like hour of the game. So now I've been smashing through that because I was on the coach on uh, Saturday and Sunday for like three or four hours at a time so it was great to kind of dig into those games yeah i've been downloading some uh rom hacks for pokemon games so there's one called pokemon unbound yeah which is absolutely stunning um there's one called pokemon it's it's a rom hack of fire Fire red but it's it's called perfect emerald and what they've done is they've taken uh, fire red and leaf green combined them into one game so you don't have to do any trading and it's basically the, the same game they've just added mechanics from modern pokemon games so like the physical and magical moves have got physical and magical qualities. Yeah. Right, it's, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's brilliant. And again, I'm just playing through them. I'm just like, I can't believe this This is all happening like in this tiny little device. So, so what is doing this, that. what's this thing called? It's called the Anne Burnick, A-N-B-E-R-N-I-C, RG35XX. Okay, yeah. So the funny part is, is I pulled it out of work to show, give people the little showcase, and 10 people have bought one immediately. Wow. I was just like, oh dear. <laughs> Maybe not have to talk about this too much, but whatever. So I've yeah. been playing on that. Uh, what else have we been playing? Did Ghostwire. A lot of Sea of Thieves. So me and my friends have been playing Sea of Thieves, which has been really fun. Oh, awesome. Um, and that's been about it for what I've been playing. Haven't really been watching anything other than watching through the Star Wars movies from start to finish, but I think we talked about that last time. I was on episode one, two, and three. Now I've done four, five, and six, and I'm on eight now yes so i finished seven the other day and i'm on eight and i'm realizing like when you watch them all back to back they don't really gel very well together yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, i mean they're old movies but whatever i've been enjoying them um and then that's been about it for what i've been playing and watching mm. so there we go um so should we jump straight into the agenda yeah that's just the first point it, yeah so we've got the ABK merge, which was stopped by the UK. The, the the I think the UK government stopped it. Was it the UK government? Am I wrong on this uh, one? Uh, let me just Google it. ABK merge stop. 
by UK. Uh, oh, the CMA, sorry, is the name of the group. CMA. Uh, and the reason they blocked it is the most bizarre reason is because they feel like this would be an unfair advantage to Microsoft in the cloud gaming era, like industry. Yes. Like, really? Just like a strange <laughs> reason to block yeah. it. Yeah. And and just to add to it as well is that the prohibition of the merger means that ABK and Microsoft will not be able to make another attempt at merging for the next ten years, hmm. if the prohibition is to go through. So this is the next step of it. Yeah. Um. But it's. It's just, it's, I mean, what do you think about this? Because I remember, I mean, I'll quote myself on this one. I thought this was a done deal. I thought it was going to go through. I really did. Yeah. Uh, and I'm surprised that this is the stopping point. Like, what I think? think that this is not the end. I think, like, this is just, the, the, it will go through eventually. We're just going to be going through a series of shenanigans. Like, I do think it is an inevitability. Like, um, you know. Activision and Microsoft, I guess, will just keep throwing money until yeah, of course. It goes I mean, we know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, um, so I guess you know, Activision Blizzard already said I think they're going to appeal the thing, right? They are, yeah, immediately. The, the guy got up at like three in the morning and he was like, "Oh, boohoo! I'm angry." It's like, all right, millionaire. We don't really care. A billionaire, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the CEO right. of Microsoft, um, and he was like, "Oh, we are really disappointed with the UK. We think this could be a big negative impact, and of of the many years of gaming that we've been involved with, this is the darkest day." It's like, "Oh, shut up!" Like, yeah, it yeah. sucks. I want it to happen, but shut up. <laughs> I'm. I, I. I don't know. I. Have, I still need to like think about what the implications of it are in terms of to like, you as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how does I, this affect me? <laughs> yeah, well, as in, well, as in, like, I guess, how does it affect me, and how does it affect like the gaming space, right? But like, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, I guess the cloud gaming thing is like a weird one to block it on, but I guess it's just finding trying to find any excuse. Yeah. Um, at this point, but uh, yeah. Um, what I'm interested in now is like the people who are still at Activision Blizzard King who were expecting this to happen. Right, like what happens now for those people? Like now that this is blocked, like are they like, oh well, shit? Like how does it affect them, and how does it affect like their business plans? I guess um, is the interesting part now, because I guess so... the longer this gets delayed, the longer like certain people are like, oh well, I thought all of our stock was getting converted, or like oh I was planning to switch teams because of X Y Z, or like oh you know etc. Yeah. Et so yeah. So I was chatting to a couple of my uh, friends who are still at Activision Blizzard. Yes. And the general air there is extreme disappointment. Yeah. Like, they were really ready for a lot of the leadership to get wiped out because they want them gone. Yes. Uh, they were really ready to see opportunities in the company for them to move, progress, and transfer, mm. which obviously this would open up because it would suddenly give them a huge bridge. I mean, exactly the same thing I did. I moved from Blizzard to King. Yes in a very easy jump because the companies were connected together. Yes. And I think people are looking for those options as a way to get out of the ABK ring yes. and into like the Microsoft ring. And for example, they could move across to Rare. Yes. Or they could move across to... Bethesda. Uh, exactly, Bethesda or Tango Gameworks or something. They can move across to any of these studios. Yeah. Uh, I think, do they own Tango Gameworks? Did I misquote that? I'm not sure. Tango Gameworks are the people that made... Uh, uh, Ghost, Ghostwire, in fact. And... Um, that Hi-Fi Rush. Yes. That, it's, that, it's that company. Uh, I might be misquoting them, though, so I apologize if I'm wrong there. Their parent is Zenimax. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, yes, yeah. So, their parent is Zenimax, and their parent is Xbox Game Studio. So oh, there we go. It's always right. Yes, they are owned yeah. by Microsoft. Uh, trans, transitively. Yes. 
<laughs> transitively. Transitive word. Um, so yeah, like, I'm, I, I'll admit I'm very disappointed because I wanted Diablo 4 for free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I care about. I don't care about any, any of the rest of this merger. Yeah. I, I just I want the games for free. I don't want to give Blizzard money. And also, if Microsoft are to take ownership of ABK, potentially then I would consider returning to Blizzard at a later point in my career as a like a exec producer or yes. an under exec, like an uh, associate executive producer. Because mm. I would like to work on Blizzard games again. I just don't want to work for Bobby Kotick. Yeah. Because he's a he's a thunder cunt. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the business term, right? It is sure. the business term. Yeah, yeah, it's his yeah. title. Yeah, Thundercunt yeah, yeah. Senior. Uh, Principal Thundercunt is his full title. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think we can talk too much about it unless you've got anything like you want to go into on it because it's just one of those things where I'm just like, oh, God, just get it done. I Yeah, I guess they are It's delaying. They are delaying it, but I guess I need to, again, I need to do some reading on, like, the implications of... I know there's, like, the anti-monopoly stuff, which is yep. totally fair. Um, obviously... Which I'm on the side of. I agree with that. We don't want a monopoly. Yeah, I, I am... Obviously, when I read the arguments from, like, Sony, it's like, well, obviously you're going to say this because you're, they're business oh, well, competitors. Oh. But I'm, I'm thinking about it more from, like, a consumer angle, I guess. Yeah, but like, Sony's argument was so weak as well. It was like, yeah, we, yeah we'll lose Call of Duty. And it's like, yeah. okay, so why are you not making all of your other franchises cross-platform? Yeah. The oh, itch- no, that doesn't, that doesn't count. It's yeah. different. It's like a strange amount of hypocrisy and, like, you know, yeah. it's, all, it's all the business language, right, of people trying to be like, we are... This will be so good for the business, but also not too good because then you won't block it. You know, it's like Sony being like, Call of losing Call of Duty would be bad, and kind of also being like, also Battlefield is not strong enough, but then also being like, no, but we are also okay even if we lose Call of Duty because we well, are it's, Sony it's, and we are strong. And it's like, oh god, it's, it's this whole thing about we're going to lose Call of Duty, and it's like, okay, so, so this Final Fantasy 16 that's coming out, which you have platform exclusivity on, are we going to get that on Xbox? No. No. Stop asking those questions. No. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we exactly. don't. We don't like to answer difficult questions. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's. it's uh, I. I don't agree funny. with their sense. I. I mean. Also, I heard on another podcast. In fact, today while I was at the gym, um, they think that Xbox has possibly had the worst generation of all time. And I. I it's a podcast I usually trust. I'm not going to quote who they are because I'm being a bit negative towards them. Uh, it's not. It's not TCGS by the way. It's a different podcast. Okay. Um, they said that they thought Xboxes are the worst generation ever and that they don't know what they're doing and there's no point to buy an Xbox right now. And I'm like, Xbox has probably had their strongest ever generation. And the reason yeah. that Xbox is so good is because it's a very stable platform. Yeah. They haven't had many exclusives, but what, what they do have on the console works amazingly well. Yeah. Like, you can access the games instantly, quickly. You can flick between them all. You've got the Game Pass. You've got all all the back catalogue of everything from Xbox 360 upwards, even Xbox Original is on there. And I'm like, this. I bought this console because it was going to be my gaming platform. I didn't buy it because I wanted to buy Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever. Like, yeah, I've got my exactly. PC for that. Like, yeah, there's um, not really any Xbox exclusives that I can think of off the top of my head. Now, especially given that a lot of games are coming to PS, uh, PC, yeah, including, including PlayStation games are coming to PC. So but this like, is the thing, I don't know. want exclusives. Yeah. I, w- I want everyone to be able to play these games. Like, if I could have Bloodborne on my Xbox, fuck yes. Yeah, exactly. But right. they won't even put it on PC. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So. It's just nonsense. But anyway, um, that was the ABK merge. Um, I think we just have to kind of watch the, yeah. like, you know, watch the news ticker on that one and see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of other things that have fallen through, Jedi Survivor launched. Um, and it was looking amazing. It was looking incredible. But apparently... 
Uh, it's having an absolute megaton of tech issues, but specifically on the PC, and as a result, it's getting review bombed. Yeah, that's the only thing I've, I've heard about it so far. From talking to people, like, friends who've played it, who aren't especially into, you know, kind of performance issues and tech and all this other stuff, they're saying, like, yeah, the game's fun. Like, and they are also Star Wars fans, so they're saying the game's fun. But yeah, the only thing I'm seeing online is people talking about how there's perform massive performance issues on PC. Well, that's it. Is I'm hearing a lot of positivity about the game itself, but then all I see is the articles quoted where it's like, 120 gigabyte day one patch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's gaming as it is at the moment anyway. Mm. Yeah. Have you have you had any, um, like, have you watched any gameplay of it? Yeah, I watched a little bit of gameplay of it. It looks good. Like, it looks, like, fast. And it's made by the, um, it's made by Respawn, right? I think. I think so, yes. Yeah. I think it is. Because um, it's, I remember because Horizon Zero Dawn was originally made by Gorilla, but then the new one is made by another, I want to say Respawn, but I don't think it's Respawn. Uh, no, I'm just double Because it, it's the whole thing of like, you know, when a game launches from one studio and then another studio takes over its sequel? Yes. I think that's what's happened with Jedi Survivor as well. Like a whole different studio is playing it. Uh, yeah. Making it. Uh, yeah, it's Respawn Entertainment. So, um, but yeah, so the gameplay... Gameplay-wise, I think Respawn Entertainment Games is pretty good. Like they're always they, they always tend to slap it as well, don't they? Because if, if I remember rightly, Respawn did Arkham Knights. Is that right? Arkham Knight. I'm not sure. I know that they did Titanfall and they did the original. That was it. Sorry, Titanfall. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the one I was trying to get to. Yeah. What was the original one called? Jedi. Jedi Fallen Order. That's the one. Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it was around the time the the New Order was it New Order in Star Wars the 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 New Empire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is it the New Order? I think so. Something along those lines. I'll be honest. Because it's set at the same time frame, I think. I'm lost with the time. Yeah. It's a good job I'm not working on a Star Wars canon title, isn't it? No, 100%. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, apart from... I feel like apart from the tech issues, I'm sure the game is good. Seems, seems good. I mean, I'll be honest, I've not played the original. I'm also not like a massive Star Wars fan, but I heard it was like a pretty decent... It was like kind of like... Uh, Ace, well, as everyone is describing it, a Souls like of uh, I like describe Star, it as Star a Souls like, yeah. So, but I've had like proper arguments with groups of friends where they're like, it's nothing like Dark Souls. I'm like, it it is literally like a Dark Souls game. And they're like, no, it's more like Uncharted. I'm like, really not. And then we've actually managed to have these discussions where we've sort of come to an agreement that we're both sort of wrong, but also sort of right. Yeah, because it is a little bit like Uncharted. It's got those big set pieces and those big moments, but it's also got the bosses where you're like. Dodging and rolling and and you yeah, know, doing the Dark Souls combat. Mechanically wise, yeah, it's like an. I feel like we can't even use the phrase Dark Souls like Souls like anymore. I know they popularized the thing like the gameplay style, but like it's so prevalent nowadays that like you know it's just kind it's of a, it's just it's just a character action game at this point, right? Well, so my my definition of a Dark Souls game is, I don't know if other people share the same opinion, but it's not just about the combat. For me, it's it's going down those gauntlets and surviving those gauntlets and opening up the shortcuts that take you back to the start of the gauntlet so you can get to the boss quickly. Mm. And Jedi Survivor is... Uh, sorry, Jedi Fallen... Order. Jedi 1. We'll call it Jedi 1. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars 1, the game, uh, <laughs> is that. Like, you get to the boss and then you see a shortcut where you can get back to the boss quickly because you've gone through the gauntlet. Yeah. That, to me, is a very prominent part of the Dark Souls experience because those gauntlets are the bits where you get to the... You get to the boss for the first time, and you've got like fifty thousand souls, and you're like, if I die on this boss first time, I'm going to lose all these souls. It being the core element of the game, and then once you find your little shortcut, you can leave the souls at the start of the boss fight and pick them up every time you come back in. 
Yeah, that to me is a is a but the, the the Jedi Fallen Order, if I remember, it doesn't have a Souls mechanic. No, I, I don't think it does. I can't remember if it does or not, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm right there. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm... yeah. So I, I would say Souls like, but I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But you, you're saying more of like an. I mean, I think first person, a third person adventure title would be. Yeah, it's more just accurate. I, I, I always associate it with more with like watching the combat style of like you know oh it's slow methodical like there's a lot of rolling and dodging and patience. parrying. Yeah, patience yeah, yeah. wise, rather than like you know back in sorry like pre Dark Souls, it was like most character action games were more like oh mash circle to do like big combo yeah. and then like you know you kind of. Like Devil May Cry, yeah, kind of like Devil May Cry, right? Or like early God of War, and then it's kind of changed into this more methodical thought process. You have to think and dodge and kind of react to things a lot more. Um, But yeah, I mean, either way, I think if seems like people who enjoy Star Wars are still enjoying the game, which is fine, you know. That's good. Like that's good. I feel like I'm so I I feel like I'm so detached from kind of these kind of AAA games at this point now that I'm like. Yeah, looks like a video game, I guess. Like, you know, so, so I had the same thing with Hogwarts Legacy a little bit, where I'm just like, yeah, looks like a game. Looks like Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> looks like a game. Cool. Like, I don't know. I guess well, I this, this, is me is well. being, this is me getting older, where I'm just like, oh, I like Resident Evil because I know what that is. Or like, oh, I like Street Fighter because I know what that is. And then I look at, like, Jedi Survivor and I'm like, yeah, Star Wars game. It's a game that exists. I think yeah. the problem is as well is that you can only tell the same story so many times. Yeah. Until like so, Hogwarts Legacy, for example, you step in and there's a, a an uprising and you're there to stop the uprising. I'm assuming, without having completed that game, that you eventually stop the uprising. Yeah. Like that to me is just like it's just it's just the same storyline over and over again, and that's where I don't get any interest anymore. It's obviously the franchise that's selling it, not the story itself. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sorry, my headset just dis- disconnected. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were just like doing a dramatic pause. <laughs> no, no, my headset disconnected. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll probably try out Survivor when it's not AAA price, which will be very likely in a couple of weeks' time because that's how it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, next point on the agenda is, is, is it the Rovio Angry Birds thing. Yes, this is a big one. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, my computer's restarting, which is why my headset rebooted, so yeah. I can't see the agenda. Well, I guess Rovio has kind of been um, not doing so great recently, considering like they tried to grow the company, and the only thing they had was Angry Birds that did well. Right? Yeah, like nothing else. So in, in its multiple variations. Yeah. Angry so Birds were... pinball, Angry Birds air fryer, like okay. Yeah. So <laughs> over the years, it's kind of like they grew the company, and then kind of they've been downsizing a lot recently because they didn't manage to make anything on the same level um which is quite a common story in the mobile game space but um well it's it's a common story with any kind of yeah one hit wonder exactly right but yeah, i think but that I, mean... I i do think that angry birds brand is still really strong like people still recognize it like people surprisingly like the movies um She's bonkers to and, me you but... know like i still the way that i gauge things and maybe this is a terrible way is if you see Angry Birds, if you see something getting referenced in, like, memes, like, kind of, like, uh, the reason I know that people still like Clash of Clans and, and uh, Clash Royale is because I still see memes about that appear in just, like, meme compilation things. Like, okay. And Angry Birds I still see occasionally. So it's still popular with, like, uh, the younger generations and stuff like that. 
because there's the, the Mimeners. Yes, right. Like, for example, like, um, do you remember Cut the Rope? Yes, I do remember okay, the, was the, the Disney, time? the Disney franchise. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was but, bought by Disney. It was bought. Yeah, by yeah, Disney. yeah. But when yeah. was the last time you saw Cut the Rope? God, never. It's been probably eight, ten years, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like. It was still it was really popular back back then, but now it's kind of dead. But like I still see like Angry Birds still around here and there, and like I still see like sub so, I mean like Subway Surfers is still massive. Well, like, you still see Candy Crush adverts. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, that games game forever, but then that like, game's got like a, yeah, it does pretty much. It's also got a marketing engine that's colossal behind it. So yeah, exactly. Like I'm not really sure... enough. My oh, my, my my ads have, have just started to turn back to Candy Crush. Yeah. But I'm also about to turn 40, so I know what's happening there. Uh, well, there you got you. There you got yeah. you. Um, I don't know what's happening. But, uh, yeah, like with Angry Birds, I'm kind of a bit like... Um, I don't know if, if it's still massively popular in terms of people playing it, but people recognize the brand. So... Well, it's, that's the thing. Is, is a lot of stuff now is not really about the content. It's about the brand. Yes, exactly. So... Right, it's... Go ahead. And also, I think it's a pretty good fit for Sega, because like, I look at Angry Birds things, and I'm like, oh, those could just be like the things that pop out at the end of Sonic. You know, like when you pop the capsule. The little all... birds. Yeah, the little, little birds. Like, what they call the Mobians. Yeah, they could just be Angry That's Birds. That's right, I know what they are. Yeah, they could just be Angry Birds at this point. Yeah. So... But it's just, it's a weird move, because it's like Sega are like, hey kids, we're still cool. So, like, yeah. alright Sega, time for bed. Look, it's okay, <laughs> they'll make they'll make Sonic tra Racing Transformed 2, whatever. Sonic and Su Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing Transformed is the full title of that game. Yes. But also, the full title is Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing Transformed with Danica Patrick. Yes. That's the full title. Exactly, yeah. So they can make that uh, again. And Robio and your birds with Knuckles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, then, and then you'll have... Starring like, Dante from Devil May Cry. Yeah, and then you'll have like... Um, What's it? Football manager riding alongside uh, the big red Angry Bird. You know? It'll be great. Ugh. Well, to be fair, Team, Fo Team Fortress were in the last yeah. Sonic and Sega All-Star Racing game. The Heavy was in there. Yeah, well, Why it was not? all three of them. So the Heavy, Pyro, and Spy yeah. were the three variants of the... Because the cars transform as you hit different terrains. Yeah. And like one's a plane, one's a car, one's a boat. Mm. So like, I think the Heavy was driving the car and the Spy was in the boat or whatever. It's yeah, all nonsense. Yeah, no. Oh, this makes sense. There you go. My computer's back online. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> anyway, that's, that's enough about that. I'm bored of that. That's okay. Yawn. Uh, right, where are we at? Microsoft aren't paying for Twitter anymore. So this one's interesting. Yes. Um, you, you know how Elon Musk has been Fucking surviving. Yep. Uh, well, uh, again, another thundercunt. I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. um, he's managed to somehow come into a platform that was already kind of shitty and just completely decimate it. And in doing so, he's now started to charge businesses like obscene amounts to maintain their licenses for the APIs. Yes. So uh, Microsoft mentioned a few weeks ago that they weren't going to continue paying for the API for their social something, not social sharing. It was something else. But as a result of that, Twitter were then like, well, you've still got to pay the license for the other part. And Microsoft went, no, we don't. And have completely disabled all the social sharing through Twitter, which is one of the core functions of the Xbox Series X. Yes. So it's just gone, and I'm like, good on you, Microsoft, because fuck Twitter for that. Yeah. That's just that's just more of this silly cost of living crisis. I mean, I don't think Microsoft's struggling with the cost of living crisis, but it's it's a it's a big corporation. Same as with a big corporation, we're not paying for your bullshit. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I'm happy with that. Well, yeah. I mean, this this is it. It's just Elon, like Elon Musk is trying to make Twitter profitable, and by doing that, it's killing the point of why Twitter is so prevalent and so popular. 
It's also um, killing the platform. Yes, exactly. It's like it's basically becoming the next Facebook, right? Yeah. Like this is it. So, which is funny because Facebook are seeing the opportunity and being like, "Hey guys, come and chill out on Facebook. We're still cool." Everyone's like, "Yay, Facebook!" Because suddenly Facebook's getting a rise. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I do like, think Facebook still has a branding issue with a lot of... The, I mean, obviously, it's still popular as hell uh, in the grand scheme of things with, like, certain countries and also older generations and stuff like that. But I still think it has a branding issue for, like, people who... Like, younger people who are playing a lot of video games, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. Um, you know what I'm going to be... You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if what happens next is just Microsoft just goes all in on Discord stuff now. Like, they've already got the Discord integration into Xbox. I, I feel like that's what they're going to do because I I get the feeling that there's a lot of bad blood between Microsoft and Sony, and one thing they could do to really damage their brand would be yeah. to block Discord from Sony platforms. Yeah. Because people are starting to flood to Discord now. Like, it's becoming the social space. Yes. And, and I, I think, yeah. like, eventually, maybe somewhere they're going to somehow integrate it. Somehow you're going to get some kind of tw- equivalent of a Twitter feed in Discord. I don't know how they're going to do that. But... Yeah, I, I sense that coming as well, but there's already there's already a thing that does that. It, it's very similar to how Mastodon works. Yes. Um, but I I sense exactly the same thing. Yeah. And then you'll just, <laughs> like, you'll just, like, sub, you'll, you'll have, like, uh, a different equivalent of servers. Or maybe it'll be just servers. Right, and then you have like a server feed, and then that's yeah, it. that's what I think it's going to be. Yeah, and there'll, there'll be a central hub at some point as well. And I think Discord is going to be the platform that replaces Twitter. Yes, because I don't think Mastodon is going to be it because Mastodon is way too confusing. Yeah, um, it's stupid. It's 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 just it, it's a tech platform built for techies. Yes, intentionally to exclude anyone that's not a techie. Yeah, which which is not going to survive. That won't work. Yeah, I think. Um, and but I Discord think... takes all the idiocy away and, and makes it simple to use. Yeah, and the and the other thing is that Discord already has like a payment model. I'm not. Go- I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if it's profitable or not, or like how well it does. But you know, like people, I think I think a fair few number of people pay for like Discord Nitro and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So they have. I, mean, some, I know a lot of people pay for payment. it. Yeah, they already have people willing to pay right for the platform, whereas Twitter never had that. Or like some of these other platforms never had that. I mean, no. Yeah. Twitter tried to come in hard with uh, charging for Twitter verified. Yeah. Everyone was just like, "Well, we're just not going to be verified." Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Here's the solution. We just won't bother. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine that's probably what's going to happen next. But yes, uh, makes sense. But also, there's the other thing of like Elon Musk was basically being like, "Oh, we're going to sue Microsoft because they were using our data for something, something, and didn't pay for it." Uh, so. I mean, we'll see if anything actually comes of that, or if it was just I mean, Elon a, Musk being Elon Musk. So. I mean, he's got literal brainworms, the man does. Have you heard his recent interviews? No. He's just... He's insane. Like, he's actually insane. Yeah. It's, I, it, some of the stuff he says is just... It's, it's the babbling of a madman. Yeah. There's bits of it where it's like, that's probably just how he is as a person. But also, hmm. I, I do have a feeling that it's like, when you become this kind of, like, target... And I'm not, and he deserves it. Don't get me wrong. He fucking deserves it. But once you become a target for all this vitriol and shit like this, like, I feel like at some point something in your brain must tick over and, like, form some kind of way of coping with it. And that's what makes these people become even more progressively, like, megalomaniacs. Well, it's, it's how a supervillain is born, isn't it? Yes, quite literally. They convince themselves. Like, I mean, I know I have, I have issues, like, with 
the general public. Like, so, so here's here's my here's me opening my brain for a second. I know that when I go out into the general public, I don't like it when people walk at me, walk into me. Uh, they're on their phones and they've got their head down and they barge into me or whatever, or they they walk four abreast on the pavement, all that kind of stuff. I know that that I find that annoying, but me not being a billionaire, I can't do shit all about that, so I just have to deal with it. If I was a billionaire, I'd pay someone to walk alongside me who was twice my size to push them into the Thames. Yeah. That would be what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd become a, a I'd become an insane like supervillain. Yeah. I'd start building like space lasers and stuff that would target those people. <laughs> that's what would happen. That's why I'm not a billionaire. I, I genuinely believe that's why I'm not a billionaire because I would build space lasers. Um, <laughs> but I'm aware of it. Like I'm aware of it. It's yeah. uh, it's 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 my insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you listen to some of uh, Musk's recent interview, he has an interview with a guy on the BBC where he keeps trying to correct the interviewer. And the interviewer's like, I'm reading questions for you. You, you don't need to correct them. Yeah. They're questions. And he's like, but why are you asking this? It's like, because we want to know the answer. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's brain worms. The guy's got brain worms. Also, don't forget, we've got fan mail as well. We need to read that out. In a oh, bit. yes, we can do that. Yeah. We're very, we're very popular. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I don't think we've got much to say on this unless you've got uh, anything harder to go into. But we've all been watching Twitter kind of collapse like a fly in a cupboard. Yeah, I do like think, it's... and I mean, people are still using it. So we'll see if it ever actually goes anywhere. But uh, isn't it if it ever actually disappears? But, you know, people are still using it quite actively. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, go on. So Bowser's out of jail. He's free. Yeah, Finally, I didn't hear about it. can be this. another Mario game. It's interesting because, you know, Nintendo. Uh, took a person called Gary Bowser to jail yes. for. Um, he was the lead of a something called Team Executor that made fifteen million dollars uh, or something on uh, piracy, effectively. Yes. He the, the, he was profiting somehow. Like even when I read it, I was like, "This really seems over the top for what they're doing." But it's Nintendo; they're fucking evil. So, um, but anyway, they've let him out of prison and they've agreed that for the rest of his life, uh, he will now pay twenty five percent of whatever salary he makes to. Uh, Nintendo, which is 25 to 30%, sorry, is the agreement. Yep. Uh, which is up to $10 million in damages, which, I mean, as any of us know, no one's ever going to pay that off in their life. No. So, I feel like they're... they're, they're I mean, they're, I, th- I believe that they made a statement as well saying that we're trying to send a message to people that would do this, but we also yes. don't want to... We don't want to hurt people. Uh, but what I feel like's happened is that they've obviously seen... How negative people, how negatively people re- reacted to this, and they were like, "Okay, maybe we've gone a bit too evil here." Well, yeah, I mean, they've yeah. literally been like, "Hey, you don't work for us, but also we're gonna take all your fucking money. We're, go- we're gonna this. literally destroy your entire life." Yes, here is like, some Nintendo tax. But also, you know, like it's he, terrifying yeah, what they did. It is terrifying, but I mean, <sighs> yeah. I don't know, man. Nintendo makes enough fucking money. Like, they don't need to do this. And also, if anything, like, I do feel like the hacking stuff and the emulating stuff probably helps these companies. Like, Absolutely help helps if, them. Yeah. So, like, for example, if, if you're, like, this is the thing, right? Is that, like, if Nintendo was a small company, I, it would make sense that, that like, I would be, like, fine whatever. Like, you're a small company, you don't have a lot of money or resources, and someone else is kind of taking that from you i can understand well, you're damaging the bottom line at that point nintendo's yeah. bottom line is so far away from any human level of income it doesn't matter yes exactly right but nintendo it's... makes so much money and also like is already part of like the reason these things do well and the reason people do these things is because they are part like they are culturally relevant 
Like, Nintendo yeah. games and Nintendo properties are very popular. Also, didn't the fucking Mario movie make, like, a billion dollars or something? Well, that, that, so, initially, because like, we were going to record last week, that yeah. was one of the points on the agenda, but since then, it has surpassed a billion dollars. Yeah. The, the point we were going to talk about was that the Nintendo movie, sorry, the Mario movie, is approaching a billion dollars in income, and I was like, oh, it's past it, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, the other thing is that, like, you know, this is not in the same... This is kind of similar, but Nintendo's recently, with the release of um, uh, Tears of the Kingdom coming soon, they've gone and started, like, copywriting people, like, uh, YouTubers' videos that have, like, Talking about it. mods in them. Yep, I know, I know. Which is, like, like it's crazy shit to do, <laughs> yeah. right? Like... What are you doing, Nintendo? They're helping you your brand. I guess they're trying to be, like, oh... You know, maybe this will affect sales so that when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, people will be like, oh, well, I'll just play Breath of the Wild modded instead of Tears of the Kingdom. Which I don't think people will do. If anything, no, these, these. Literally, no one is going to do that. Yeah, like these content <laughs> yeah. creators, if anything, are probably going to jump on Tears of the Kingdom and then, like, start playing that loads to kind of. Thus increasing the sales of it. Yeah, also, what's stupid is that I think, like, you know, you can see from the way that Tears of the Kingdom is designed, it's kind of been inspired by these YouTubers of like how they played the game and what became popular. So yeah, it's they've, like... clear, they've clearly looked at the modding community and gone, we don't want people to mod our game, but what we want to do is take the ideas that those mods have given us and turn it into a game and monetize off it. Yeah, like Nintendo literally just... said, write that down. Write that down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, this is like the most roundabout way of monetizing modding by integrating potential mods into the game oh to be fair it is good game design as well yeah it's great like yeah. the thing is is just i mean look i'm still gonna play tears of the kingdom is great oh, I, so I don't i don't know why nintendo like Aviva, like this is just expected of nintendo at this point like nintendo hate that like do like all the time fuck over their fans like all yeah. the time and the problem is their fans are like into it yeah, they like they like being damaged by Nintendo. So please, <laughs> Nintendo, hit me harder. Oh my God. No, they really yeah. are. Like, like, like I know, I know. argue with me on this one. Tell me I'm wrong. No, like you know we, I'm not. We are all in an abusive relationship. Yeah. With, with Nintendo. But the, the problem is the deep fans, like specifically those on R slash Nintendo Switch, who who I just cannot stand. Yeah. They're like, oh, the new Pokemon game, it's perfect in every way, it's possibly my game of year, and then they're like, but it does have some problems, but you can ignore them. It's like, the game is literally fucking broken. Like, yeah. the whole game is broken. No, no, it's fine, Nintendo will fix it, and it's been a year and it's not been fixed, it's still shit. Yeah. Oh, like, I hate Nintendo fans, I, just, but I, I love like, Nintendo fans. You know, like, there is like a thing of being like, if people are enjoying something, if you, if you buy the product and you enjoy it, great. But also, right. if people, if someone else buys a product and doesn't enjoy it, that's also fine. You have and also it's also fine that. if they want to provide their feedback. Yeah. Like... You shouldn't attack people for saying something that they like or dislike has a problem. Yeah. Because most of the time people are saying that because they want someone to hear it and go, oh, actually, yeah, we can probably fix that. Yeah. It's instead of diving in front of any kind of, like, constructive criticism towards Nintendo like it's a grenade. Yeah. No, it's... Nintendo will save you. <laughs> It's small indie company Nintendo. It's so yeah, sad. Exactly. Like Oh, I hate people. So I know. Like Nintendo just doing more shady shit. Like as someone who was part who had an interest in the Smash community for a while, like, yeah, Nintendo had their fair share of trying to fuck over the Smash community all the time. Forever. But then the Smash the Smash community did kind of uh, surprise us all by fucking themselves over by just being gross. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the old you know, switcheroo there. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Like, dude, I have thoughts on that as well. Where I'm just like, go ahead, uh, let's hear them. No, it's in like, 
I guess there's what like one like. Of Are the course... thoughts going to be like, well, they were right to do so. <laughs> no, <laughs> like obviously, <laughs> like fuck all of that shit that happened. Yeah, right? like I'm, of I'm thankful it was that me being in the UK community for a small period of time, I never really got exposed to that or saw any of these things. It definitely existed, right? Also, you were male but, like, as well. Pardon? You're male as well, so yeah, you but like that's most not... of the problematic. Yeah, so. okay, but like that's not to say that you can't see people abusing other males or like. You oh, of course, of course, or of course. You can't, as a male, I can't witness someone else being abused, right? Like, I think. Yeah, of course, but what I'm saying is, is as a, as a male, your your entry point to that franchise was not blocked by that problem. Yes, you, you'd have you'd have had to somewhat look for it. Yeah, that's t- yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's fair, but like you know what I mean. Like, no, I, I totally get you. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. By the way, well, yeah. I'm agreeing with you. Like everybody seemed pretty okay, but like, shut I up, Ollie. We're agreeing. Okay, but like, <laughs> anyway, the the point. My point being that, like, you know, <sighs> kind of sucks that like this process of like the Smash community outing all of these people and getting rid of all of these people, like doing the thing which is like the correct thing to do, which is like. Getting rid of yes, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But actually, actively working to get rid of all these people and kind of do all these things, and then like still unfortunately keep the reputation of all of these things. And it's been a long time now, and I feel like things have been pretty okay for like a, a while. And yet, like this is the thing that's left. Like the reputation. Like I guess the reputation. The reputation that the community is trash. Yes, well, never. When it's actually it's not. Them. It's probably been quite heavily repaired. Yes, I feel like it's pretty okay well i'd like to see say from you know think from what i've seen is like it's like pretty okay at this point but yeah like that is the thing that remains and it's fair totally fair considering that like how much of it was prevalent how much shit happened right i I had to recalibrate my brain a second then i thought you were saying the behavior was fair i was like no 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 the criticism and the reputation is fair the, the actions no, of these no, people are not even like it's quite literally like turbo illegal like literally. oh yeah no i know like it, it just for a second i was like hang on what's he saying oh no, no i get it now i understand like, it but it just my brain had to recalibrate for a second even even a, you know not even thinking about the law like just morally not good don't like no like, oh, it was fucking abhorrent what they were doing yes. like, absolutely abhorrent yes like, there's, there's no other word for it it's right. fucking abhorrent is what yeah. it was it just sucked i mean like i don't even participate in the community anymore but like when you do see like there are people in the community who i've seen people like say they're just like man it kind of sucks like i just want to play my video game and like have a good time like meet people and have a good time and then it's just yeah whenever someone says smash community people like oh yes what a bunch of pricks yes exactly it's just like oh man it sucks but eh, yeah um but that's always it's always nintendo shit that has this right. Always Nintendo shit. Always, always at the, the, the shit. bloody bastards. Always at the bottom of everything. But yeah. the problem with the economy. Okay. The muck problem <laughs> yeah, with the on. economy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, have you clicked on the article? Do you know what yeah, I'm talking what about? The f- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading. What the fuck <laughs> yeah. is this, man? No, this is not really video game related, but it's more zeitgeist related because it's it's a discussion that everyone's having about the economy at the moment. That we're all in the kind of shitter because. No one can afford to live. Like I this weekend took a took a coach to Birmingham and back, and the cost difference between a coach and a train ticket for that trip was like six, seventy pounds. Yep. And I've now realised why I'm never going to take a coach again because my God, it was horrific. It was horrible. It was like four hours as opposed to an hour and a half, 
Uh, everyone on the coach was like coughing or uh, just being terrible in some way, shape or form. Like, they, they were listening to like loud TikToks or whatever. Um, there was a person sitting next to me drinking a four pinter of milk and just dribbling it all down herself and all over the floor. <laughs> and then she started spitting grape seeds into the aisle. I was just like, this may be the day I kill someone. Like this could be it. Uh, but that's not what the point is. The, no, the point sorry. is, is that we're all we're all trying to save a bit of money. I, know, I laughed as well because I thought it was ridiculous. Drinking a four pinter. Shut up! Just shut up! It, like it, it, it was just constant it's, disbelief. I was in. I was like, this can't get worse. Oh, she's pulling out a four pinter. That's a power okay, play worse. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it was it was horrific what was going on. Uh, but the, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> There is a point here. Um, McDonald's have recently released some um, some statistics to say that no one is buying fries anymore. So no one's buying sides, particularly in the UK and in the US. And they have obviously recognised that this is because even people in lower income can't afford uh, additionals with their food. They can barely afford the burgers now. So this is suggesting that obviously McDonald's pricing is very much at the bottom end of the economy. So it's supposed to be an accessible meal that people can afford when they can't afford more expensive or more fancy meals. That's the point of McDonald's, yeah? You agree? Yes, agreed. So if people can no longer afford the bottom end of the chain, that suggests a very big problem for the economy because now it's highlighting that if people aren't buying something as simple and as cheap as McDonald's fries, we're in trouble. Mm. And that's what I found interesting about this article is that it does highlight the fact that our economy has completely and utterly shattered itself, like shat itself. Shattered itself. Uh, and this brings me around to the point about video game pricing, because this is actually why I put the article in. Okay. Right. Is that in recent years, video game pricing has gone up by like 10, 20 pounds a game. Uh, it's gone from like being 50 pounds on average now to 70 pounds on average. Mm -hmm. And my point is, is that if people can't afford to buy McDonald's fries, they definitely can't afford to buy video games. And we're seeing a lot of articles about recent video games coming out, not selling anywhere near as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's all pointing at the same problem. What do you think? just fucking greed in it yep absolute greed it's <laughs> I mean, it's just, it always has been always will <laughs> it's kind of like yeah it's like... but it's now it's in a state where like it's actually broken the economy like people can't afford to buy stuff anymore so now now these big companies are making decisions like oh maybe people don't like this kind of game that kind of game so like, no it's the money i would buy most of the games that have come out in the past two years for full price if the full price wasn't 70 pounds it's just, it infuriates me. It makes me very angry as a person, as a consumer. Yeah. As a sort of consumer. But yeah, so I thought the article was funny because people aren't buying McDonald's fries because the economy sucks. Yeah. This I is mean, the... if people aren't buying McDonald's fries, they're not even, like, video games isn't even a thing they think about. But maybe, I don't know, like, uh, there's so many ways you could go with this conversation. But, like, um, I mean, on the whole, it's like, yeah, just, like, fucking, I don't know. We're, we're like we're a video games podcast, right? So if you want to get for for the brief brief moment to be a little bit political, it's like yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe like these governments and maybe like countries in general should maybe consider welfare and helping out people instead of trying to erase like broaden the gap between like the super rich elite and the like kind of people who are suffering, mm -hmm. right? You know, like I don't know. I don't think that's a very strong. I don't think that's a that's a that's a hard take, right? Like, I don't think that's a that's a spicy take. I feel like at this point, it's like kind of obvious, kind of kind of like blatantly you can see it. Like, even though like I'm one of the lucky people who are relatively like well off and doing okay, like I can even still see in the street and still see like go outside and see like ah yes the effects of 
the decisions of the people at the top and seeing how it's affecting other people. Like, it's like, not, it's not hard to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the writing's on the wall. It's yeah. Very much on the wall. It's not even on the wall. It's on the fucking ceiling. It's on the floor. It's on everything, right? Anyway, like, I don't want to get too depressing. But, like, I'm, yeah, just, I'm just like, interested to see where this will end up. Yeah. Like, because things, things are not going well. Like, for everyone now. Like, I mean, like I said, I think I said this a few podcasts yeah. ago, but literally everyone has dropped an entire tier of, like, a class tier. Yeah. Everyone I, has. Well, it's, yeah, it's just, it's an erasure, right? But, like, the thing, yeah. the, the thing is, is, like, I, I don't, as much as I'd like to make a comment and, like, you know, make an informed decision, it's like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is... No, neither do I. This is uh, in the... Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not beyond... Be, saying beyond my pay grade is the wrong thing to say here. It's, I'm just not informed enough on how this can go i feel like there's very e there's it's easy for me to make a thing of being like yeah just give people more money but like obviously there's harder decisions that go behind all these things and that's why it's difficult right it's complicated it, it can't be this difficult i'll say that it can't be this difficult to make those decisions <laughs> but you know um but yeah, like I guess we'll see. On the uh, like keeping it video games related, like the cost of video games is like, I think in this day and age, it's like I think AAA companies charging whatever they're charging for games, given the cost of making games, is also increased. Totally fair, but you can't expect people to buy these games at the same time, right? Like, just yeah, as a business, we're, we're yeah, all struggling yeah. now. Like, you can't have it both ways, right? Is what I mean. Is that like? You can charge the same price for games, and that's fine. And you can give the argument that the cost of making that game was just as much, also fine. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to live in a capitalist, this is a capitalist society. All these other things is that also the market is like, oh, if I can't afford to play this goddamn game, they're not going to buy it, are they? So like, you know, this is the one thing that I feel like a lot of people miss out on is that like, yes, the consumer also has like power in the sense of. Not really power, it's more just, oh, if I can't afford to buy McDonald's fries, I'm not going to think about buying Jedi Survivor for $70. Exactly, right? exactly. So, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what do these AAA companies do? I'm not really sure at this point. Like, um, you can price it lower, but then you make less. Maybe you need to distribute your funds better i guess care less about investors i heard funds not funds funds distribute your funds better yes yes you know, <laughs> like, like there's someone in the business going our fund distribution is down we need to distribute fun better <laughs> yeah it's always just kind of questionable when it's like people see this you know kind of well this is the other thing right actually this is a bigger discussion but kind of this idea of like you know over the covid period there was a huge boost in the economy uh, in yes. the entertainment industry right yes because everyone um, was playing video games yes 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 yep. uh so and then people are expecting like oh when lockdown ends and all these other things like the what the world literally changes circumstances it's like these like it feels like some you know like these business people are like oh dude how come the graph go down like what what do you mean like the graph can't sustain like what what does that mean it's like yeah fucking of course right like people are going outside now like people are doing other things like like you can't it's crazy that people would have expected these graphs to like continue forever you know what i mean like they that's, projected... that's what gets me is they they genuinely thought that like <sighs> 
Like, it's easy why? Yeah, I, I don't know. But then, but then you get these things of like people being like, "Oh, but you know, we need to maintain the same profit because that's how business works, right? Like the number must always go up." And it's like, okay, well, mm. anyway, I don't know, man. Like, again, I'm not a business person. I am just a programmer. Like, I am well, I'm going for a internet talking. I'm going for a walk in Central in a bit, and I'm definitely not going to have McDonald's fries for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have expensive ramen. Oh yes! Oh yes! <laughs> Fuck the economy. Yes! Oh yes! <laughs> I'll, um, I'll die in a drain, but I'm gonna have ramen doing it. Uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, so yeah, we, we were talking for a while. Let's talk about the big point, which is going to be the bit we talk a lot about, I think, which is retro gaming in its state in 2023. Yeah. So uh, you might have noticed I've been sending you a few pictures um, while we've been chatting through Discord. Yes. Uh, yep. So this is an, the a closest uh, approximation, the, the closest representation of how this console looks, the one that I have. Yeah. Um, so this is the RG35XX. Uh, mm. And what I've done for listener context, I've sent pictures to Ollie showing the console where it's not had like images superimposed of the screen or whatever. It's actually the vibrance and the brightness of the screen itself. Yeah. And and the look of the console to show him how much it looks like a Game Boy. But you have to admit that is a pretty sexy looking console. Yeah, it does look good. It, it, yeah, is, it, it just looks like a fat Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, it's actually smaller than a Game Boy. Oh, it's smaller. It looks, it looks wider, but it's smaller. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's just the screen is is edge to edge, like it's um it, it it's beautiful and the screen is absolutely beautiful, and you can see on the back I've sent you images of the back so you've got the yeah, triggers. The triggers. Is, um, how does that work? Hold on, I'm thinking. I guess you would have you would still use your index fingers for. They're not they're not super comfortable. Yeah, so, uh, but you barely use triggers on these games. So, so just to describe it, um, like the triggers instead of being like uh, a standard controller where it's one on top of the other, like R one is above R two. Uh, on this handheld, R1 is next to R2, so all the all the triggers are kind of in one row rather side than by side. two. Yeah, side by side. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting. I've never seen that kind of design before. It's just that that's purely for aesthetics, though. I think because the, the, the whole reason I bought this console was purely the aesthetic of it. Yes, I, I know retro gaming. I've been doing retro gaming for a long time. I saw this and I was like. Holy shit, that is a sexy looking piece of tech. Like, that looks nice. Yeah. It's sleek, it's beautiful. And then when I turned it, I, I, I looked at the top of it, it's got a HDMI out. It's ridiculous, this oh thing. It's God. so ridiculous. That so, like, crazy. I can play it on the big screen. Um, it's got, like, a, I mean, the charging port and the, the microphone thing on the bottom. Uh, sorry, the microphone, the headphone thing on the bottom. Um, and then the main addition is the menu button in the middle, which yeah. does all the stuff that you you need to do with RetroArc. So you tap the menu button and RetroArc pops up and you've got all your core options there. It's brilliant. Yeah. But this uh, this was kind of rolling into the question because the, the, uh, now that I've bought this, I've kind of fallen hard into this Ambernic um, universe yeah. and I've now discovered there are hundreds of other competitors out there. There's loads of people trying to compete with the Android Pocket effectively. Mm. There's something called the Odin. There's something called the... Um, I actually can't remember all the brands. I've been watching nothing but YouTube videos on these emulators. And, and the one that I'm going to get next is the 405M, which again is the Ambernic. And it's it's it looks more like a Switch, but it's tiny. Yeah. So it's it's very, very small. Uh, but it can run 3DS games and Dreamcast games and Wii and Wii U games. Yeah. And it's 130 quid. Wow. <laughs> As wow. opposed to its competitor in the the normal market, which is the non-Chinese market... The, comp the competing consoles are like four, five, six hundred pounds, which is the Steam Deck, yeah. the Switch OLED, blah, blah, blah. And the Switch OLED is obviously locked to its own platform, so you can only do what Nintendo wants you to do. This thing lets me do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And it, it's brilliant. Like, the amount of people that were asking me what it was on the train and the bus and stuff yesterday and on the commute, people were like, excuse me, what is that? And I'm like, 
Um, it's this little device, and they take it, look at it, and you can just see their eyes like. Oh. No, but it's like like their eyes just become childlike. Yeah. Like because they're seeing their like their youth, but the way that they remember it. Yeah. Because they're looking at it in a Game Boy, which is yeah. is so it's so bonkers, and I, I just I think emulation is in that space now where and and I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Um, obviously because of the cost of AAA gaming and how the cost of living crisis is affecting everyone, piracy works in waves. So you get piracy that comes back and then it disappears again. Yeah. And right now I think we're in an amazing place for emulation because there is so many of these devices on the market and they're so easy to use. Like, what's your kind of interaction with emulation at the moment? Me. Personally, yeah, like, what, what do you, uh, yeah. Ooh, I don't think I have, I don't really do any emulation. Like The last time I did emulation was kind of doing it on my phone um, to okay. play like PSP and uh, Nintendo DS games. Um, but apart from that, I guess I'm kind of, yeah, I just use my Switch and I don't really emulate any old school games at the moment. Okay, that's fair. But, but I, I used think to, that also... like a lot, you know, on my PC yeah, but, and but... stuff, so... But saying that you do it on your phone as well, that's also another point that I was thinking of in the emulation is now accessible through phones. Yes, that yeah, that was one of the biggest things for me. Yeah, like you you can get RetroArch. The I keep referring to RetroArch by the way. It's the commonly used uh, emulation platform. There are hundreds of other platforms out there, but RetroArch is the one that you'll see in like arcade machines and stuff. Yes. So if, if you if you go into like an arcade and they've got we've got six thousand games in one you're almost guaranteed it's built on a retro art platform because yes. it's the easiest to use yeah, but yeah. there's other things there's like garlic os there's uh, min ui there's um there's all these different brands not, they're not even brands they're just random people that are making these products yes um and I, I just love the fact that there is so many different options out there now like if you dive into the ambernic which is the, just the brand of this specific console you will suddenly see thousands of other things being reviewed and it's it's so many different consoles to the point where I'm spoiled for choice, and I'd much rather go for a console that can run everything I want to do rather than pay way more for a legitimate console like a Nintendo console and be highly restricted because even their emulation solutions I can't do Pokemon, I can't do Final Fantasy, I can't do the big names because they just don't put them on there. Yeah, because they'd rather charge you for the remasters and the remakes and stuff. I'm sitting on the train yesterday playing the Game Boy Advance version of Final Fantasy. Oh, sorry, on the bus. Final Fantasy VI and having a whale of a time. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing? Am I doing anything wrong there? Like, I'm just enjoying myself, and it's a game that I used to own as well. Like, I paid for this game. Yeah, I'm not trying to defend emulation because that's a bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. But I just think we're in a great space this year, specific, specifically right now, for these options. And I was interested to hear your opinion, but I didn't realize that you weren't a massive emulator. I thought you were more into it than than I thought. No, no, no. I, I, me. I mean, in... <laughs> I'm not sad. Okay, in... I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's fine. I think it's good, right? Especially given the you know the economic chat we just had. Like, if this is a better economic option and opens up people to be able to play these kind of retro games, like old old school games, because there's a lot of really really good games, right? Like old school games, right? Like amazing games. And that if this opens that up to people at a lower price point, like I'm all for that. Like, um, especially if well, it's, it's like it's, it's a zero price point. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, no, I mean, but... the barrier is 50 quid. Like, 50 quid to me is, like, for, for a console, that's not money for a console. Yeah. That's the like, cost of a game. No, I get you, right? But the point yeah. is what I'm saying is that, like, a lot of these games... Like, what's the highest, like, in terms of emulation, like, what's the latest, in generation-wise, what's the latest thing you can emulate on one of these devices? Uh, on this one, you can do up to PlayStation 1. Yeah. On the one that I'm looking at, it's up to... Uh... Dreamcast... <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Uh, and PS2. 
Yeah. Like, and it, there are systems out there that do emulate PS. I mean, the Steam Deck can do PS3. Yeah. So again, none of it's like done through legitimate means. It's all done through like backloading or yeah, exactly um, right. But, you know, custom ROMs or whatever. But, but it's, it can do it. My point being that like it allows people to experience those things. Maybe like, and it actually makes it more accessible than buying the original console and buying the original copy of the game and then setting that up and playing it in whatever you know, like inconvenient ways. Like, I think this is fine, and I kind of support this in a way. Because I think people playing old, like these older school games, because, well, I guess I'm a bit biased because that's what I grew up with, right? But, like, I think it's a cool way for people to either nostalgically experience those things or for, like, younger generations of people to kind of try out these older games that maybe they didn't get to grow up with, but they hear a lot, like, they hear older people talking about a lot, you know? Like, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I mean, I know I have my very specific opinions towards emulation because I'm one of those people that, even though I do work for a big corporation, I um, I always side with the small company or the small group yeah. or the small person because like, no matter what they do, they're not going to hurt the big company. Yeah, like like if if this was, I guess this is closer to piracy more than emulation. Like for example, if this was playing like uh, indie games that like were pirated and you could just sideload indie games onto these things, then I would have a bigger problem with it. Because I'm like, well, support these... That's, also, that's taking money away from... Yeah, um, right. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit if you play Pokemon Fire Red on one of these things. It's like, Pokemon... Every Nintendo could release Pokemon Fire Red, the original ROM, again, for like the seventh time, and like print money for free every time. Well, yeah, that's it. That's not hurting anyone, is it? Yeah. Like, it's absolutely not hurting anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and that that bothers me a bit because Nintendo are like, bottom line, it's like, oh, fuck off. Like, people are taking a little bit of joy out of doing something that's not really hurting you. Yeah. And as a result, they're probably going to get into the Pokemon franchise. Yeah. Like, this is it, right? Yeah. I don't think, like, obviously, the downside is it's, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, you don't make any money here. But the point is that, like, those people who probably couldn't afford or didn't want to pay for these games wouldn't have done so anyway, if you get yeah. what I mean, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm a bit like, yeah, go wild, like do use these things, play these games, like. But so one of the other cool. one of the other things, and and aside from the the impact on corporations and companies and small businesses, big businesses, whatever, I understand that's a problem. Yes, that's okay. Um, one of the other big parts of this as well is is one joy I get out of this. Is when I pull one of these things out of my pocket and I just get to share that moment of joy with someone else. That's a really cool thing for me, like because I get to see someone just be like, "Holy shit! I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed." Yeah. Like, like, and then they take it and they're like, "Can I play this game?" And I'm like, "Just, just go to this menu, press this, and the game that they're talking about is there in the menu." Yeah. And they're like, "Holy crap!" And they sit there for five minutes and you just see their eyes just like, like again, it turns to being like being a child again. Mm-hmm. And like, like, there's a guy at work who just he he he. I barely spoken to the guy in the last year, and suddenly he's at my desk every day now. Like, cause he's like, <laughs> oh, can I, can we, like, I bought one. I've asked my wife to buy me one for Chris uh, for my birthday. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just it it gives me joy to to share that with people because no, we're not sorry. I'm not doing anything where I'm not trying to bring down the corporation. I'm not trying to attack them, or I'm not even trying to monetize off it. No. I'm just trying to show people how to share a bit of fun. Yeah. And awesome. I wish there was more of that. Like. Well, I mean, it's cool that these devices are out there. I think the problem is, is like, uh, you know, as they get more popular, or as like, you know, eventually Nintendo will come and Nintendo or another company is going to come and 
enforce the copyright laws, right? You know, and I'm glad you said it. that because that's kind of where I wanted the discussion to be, is that we're in that window right now where Nintendo are probably just starting to get aware of these new products. Yeah. And they're probably just starting to kind of boot up the lawyers and get... Because one thing I remember saying in the 90s when I was emulating heavily, no company's ever going to do anything about emulation. It's, it's free because you don't own the product. Completely wrong, obviously, but... We were convinced because no one was taking action that no one ever would take action, and then suddenly all these different emulation repositories were wiped out through legal requirement, uh, legal um, shutdowns, yeah. um, and suddenly people are going to jail for it and stuff. And I'm like, oh holy shit! Like these companies really are actually putting money into into destroying this stuff. So yeah. I'm never going to be arrogant to assume that Nintendo specifically won't always be trying to shut down more and more of these outlets for this. But right now we're in that window where it's really accessible, it's very easy to get, and it's just it's just fun. Yeah. Because Nintendo haven't got involved yet. I don't, but you know they are. Yeah, I'd like to think that this never dies. Like, there will always be... Like, someone, somewhere, has a hard drive sitting on their computer. Like, or, or sitting in a box somewhere, which has every single ROM from, like... like well, that's... <laughs> like, video game archivists, right? Are just like... Yes, so th- those things exist in the infinity. Like, yeah. in, in, in infinity? In, in... Infancy? No, not infancy, because that's children. Like, infinitely, that they exist in so many places, in so many different... And also, there's the point, there's loads of people that have got them on physical media. Yes, exactly. So these things exist everywhere. They're on so many websites. You can Google a ROM for a game, and the first five hits will all be downloadable. Yeah. So those things, they exist in Google Drives, they exist in server farms, they they exist all over the place. They're never going to get rid of those things, but they will always try and shut down the entry points to them, which is like the repositories, the search engines, the um, you know the, the, the people representing the big chunks of them. But the little chunks will always exist, and they'll always grow again. Because it's just digital media. You just copy it. Yeah, exactly right. It's... Yay, piracy! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah so as much as Nintendo tries to shut down these things, like the, they will ex- they, there will always be an avenue, and it will exi- always exist. It's like Pandora's so. box, right? It's like it's been opened, you can't close it. Yeah. I hope so, but again, to to reflect my point I, I made earlier, I'm, I said a very similar thing about emulation in general in the 90s, and unfortunately that was wrong, because mm. maybe I was misinformed, or maybe I just wasn't aware of just how much Nintendo didn't want their bottom line to be affected. But, but I, either way. But I mean, like what you were saying in the 90s was like, oh yeah, it will never die. and I hope it won't. It's still here, so, you know. It's still good. Like, look, it you're... is it's still good. I'm, I'm looking, dude. I'm, I mean, look, you just linked me a website to buy several of these products. And that uh, no, I didn't. Shit. For Nintendo, who are listening right now, no, I did not. <laughs> like, he's clearly gone mad. And this is probably one of several companies, right? Like, yeah, so... there's hundreds. Not even several. There are hundreds of companies making these things because these are 3D printed with a tiny little um, Raspberry Pi inside them that's been torn apart. The cost of making these is probably a couple of quid. Yeah. Exactly so right. everyone's making money off these. Like, yeah. I, I, mean, I would say, like, the cost of these parts, probably about eight pounds. Yeah. For the little tiny out of the, you know what I mean? The, the, is it LED? What's, what's the word I'm looking for for this screen? Is it LED or LCD? L- oh, LCD. Okay, so it's a little tiny LCD screen that's lovely, crisp and clear. A couple of plastic buttons that have obviously been 3D printed. The casing, which again has been 3D printed. And then the internals, which would be, I don't know, a little CPU and maybe a few... Because there's no memory. Yeah. You put an SD card in it. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's 
I don't know, the cost must be nothing to make these things. No. And why aren't Nintendo doing this? Because they want to make more money from their Switch. Because it makes Absolutely. less money, yeah. It does make less money, yeah. It's too, it's too convenient. Yeah. Eh, well, anyway, this has been... <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the fucking... Uh, oh, no, we've got a fan mail. letter. We've got, we've got a got fan, fan letter. Mail. Right, we did. From, from Douglas Bowser of Nintendo... Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we had a fan letter from a chap called Ross uh, who says, Hi, Tavana. Question for you today. What do you think about the use of deceptive ads in the mobile game market and how it's changing audience expectation perception of the medium as a whole? Thanks. Have a good day, Ross. Thank you for your letter, Ross. Thanks, Ross. What uh, do you think, Clark? <laughs> I, I've just read his email address as well. I know exactly who this person is. Now. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Ross? <laughs> so what do you think, Clark? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, we were at King when these were rising quickly, and I remember the panic to try and react to them. This is like when you see an ad for a game where there's a guy standing under like a complex device and pulling different things out of it will cause lava to drop on the guy or whatever, those yes. kind of things, isn't yes. it? And the game itself is nothing to do with that. Yep. Um, so I have some insight onto this because we did a lot of work with this stuff. And yes, they do result in a lot of people downloading the game, but they then result in immediate churn. Mm-hmm. So you have 100,000 downloads and 100,000 people not playing after day one. Yes. So they're annoying. I think they're ridiculous. They're really shit. But they, unfortunately, they appeal to the stupider and easier, easier led part of the of 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 society, mm-hmm. which is people that just see that very simple um, like endorphin rush of getting something right or something done or something getting a thumbs up. And and getting the little rush of endorphins to say like, hey, you've done this, you, you've 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 successfully achieved something, and that encourages people to download the thing. And then when you pop the game up, it's nothing to do with what the game is. Yeah. But that's irrelevant to those people making those games because of the hundred thousand downloads they get, they might get five people that stay in the game. Yeah. So who cares? Like, so it's it's a, it's a weird setup, but I'm sure you've probably got more into this than I have. Yeah. So like so. Just to clarify, so the question was about uh, my opinion on these deceptive ads, right? Like, yeah. deceptive mobile game ads. Yeah. Um, well, my thoughts are basically, like, um, obviously they suck, and they're bad, but, like, they work. They Otherwise, work. yeah, they, like, the data can't lie, right? Like, people click mm. on these things and people play the games. So... I can't, as much as they suck, like, it works, right? So as long as people keep clicking on these ads, people will, you know, ad companies will keep doing them. The problem is, is uh, the kind of deception, I guess, focusing on the deception part of it, is that, like, uh, it is illegal in some countries uh, to, you know, there's the whole thing about being, like, yeah, if the ad is deceptive, like, it's not the product that you're being advertised, right? So, obviously, what game companies have now done, like Homescapes and stuff like that, to get around this, is uh, they make these ads mini-games in their games, right? Which I think is a fun, way, a funny way to get around it, um, but makes sense, right? And then we, I guess they're technically not lying. And I guess the idea is that it's kind of like, from a business perspective, it's like you're bait-and-switching someone into arguably a better product. I guess that's the idea and the intention behind it. Yeah. Um, uh, whether that works or not, I don't have the data to know. I assume it does, otherwise people wouldn't, you know, people wouldn't, you know, you, would, you wouldn't see it everywhere, right? So it must be working. Um, but the question is, the th- thing that you highlighted it is like, um, does this breed the correct 
like does this give you the kind of players that you're looking for right like yeah i guess yeah, ultimately the goal of a lot of these mobile games businesses stuff like that is you know at the bottom line is to be profitable so it's like can you convert these users that you're acquiring through marketing into something that's profitable right into being a profitable user in quotation marks as much as i hate thinking about it in that way that is how it works so um and i guess it must be working and therefore is cost effective right like i'm i personally don't like the idea of kind of being like oh i'm just going to fire what feels like a shotgun at a wall and just trying to acquire as many people as possible right and just kind of being like and then you know one of those things is gonna hit and gonna make us a lot of money like that philosophy obviously makes sense and works as a business strategy i'm not if i'm asking for my personal opinion a fan of it but like makes sense right so yeah i don't know my thoughts on it are kind of like it sucks but like it works so until we can find a way that feels less sucky and still works that's kind of what we have to deal with right at the moment so yeah i mean yeah. That, that's what it is it's um it, it's weird because i don't know like it's also devaluing the the medium as well because the higher quality games themselves should be selling themselves mm -hmm. but we know that when you try and sell an ad for anything that isn't candy crush people won't look at it yes but if you sell an ad where there's a king standing under some lava and you it's like 90 percent of the population won't be able to do this it, it encourages a lot of people who are like well i'm not 90 percent of the population i'm clever i'm pretty much how i'm talking right now in fact yes. i think i'm better than everyone else when i'm not but, um yeah you, you see what i mean though like, like no, it I, encourages yeah. those people to come in i guess this is the power of this is really the more i think about this i'm just going off the top of my head like this is the power of branding right is that like you can see a Candy Crush ad and the average person could be like, oh, that's Candy Crush. I know what that is. Right. Fine. Yeah. If yeah. you are some small mobile game that no one knows about, you can't really be like, oh, here's a here's us as a brand and a game and what we're about and all these other things. People are like, I don't know what that is. Like, whatever. Like, I'm going to go with the thing I know. So the only way you can really get people's attention is if you do these like shocking, crazy things like, you know, whatever the king being about to like can't make it to the toilet because like the yeah. bridge is getting closed or like oh the um the hero champion is being ha like the ones i keep getting and maybe this is outing myself uh these hero wars ads where like this champion is being handled by a large woman over a, a suspect <laughs> amount of cleavage and then suddenly gets thrown off into the bottom of a tower, and then he has to like work his way up, and then obviously he fails because like he stupidly thought that twenty was a bigger number than forty-five. So like you know, um, but that's how you get people's attention, right? Like I just I just told you the ad because I remember it, right? Like that proves yeah. that it's working. So well, that, I mean that that's the whole point. I mean we know that studies have been done into this stuff, and we know that they do have an impact. Yeah. There's, there's nothing we can do about it like it's yeah. that's marketing though right like i remember yeah. those things so it's working so i can't really complain <laughs> so <laughs> you know that's that's kind of how i feel about it right is that like i think if i think about it it sucks but then the whole point is that like i'm thinking about me even thinking that's about marketing. the fact that it sucks means that it's working and is effective yeah. <laughs> so like yeah
but yeah, I don't know, man. Mobile ads, we could we could do a whole podcast on mobile ads, and it would be funny. But um, yeah, I I try to look at it from a more funny perspective, right? Most of the time, of like my problem like, is I look at it from a very cynical perspective of like I work in this, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's easy. I guess that's the thing, right? Is like it's easy, like be, taking the like being cynical about it is like obviously the natural thing to do and it and and because it is the natural thing to do it's quite easy to do so like i'm trying i try i'm trying to like kind of look at it in a way of being like yeah okay this fucking sucks but also this ad is kind of dumb and like funny and like it's almost as if like it's the same level of like watching a tiktok right it's like you're just seeing like this incredibly stupid thing happening and you're like wow this is funny this is great because if it's not funny then it's sad so (laughs) you know but, yeah. Anyway, right. I feel, well, like, hay, I feel like hay fever has made me. Like, yeah, you sound like you're dying. Made so... me incredibly uh, sad this episode, but that's fine. <laughs> well, anyway, this has been. Uh, what episode are we on? I yeah. can't remember. I've Thank... lost me bloody blurb. Where's everything gone? Oh, this has been episode seventy-eight of the Sunfire Tavern, um, which is our podcast for gamers and geeks, where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies and TV. And McDonald's fries this week was a big subject. Oh my God. Uh, and you've heard me, Clark, my co-host Ollie, and this week we have talked about God. What have we talked about? Uh, the ABK merge, uh, how it got stopped by the UK government, or this CM something, uh, CRM, CMT, mm. the CUM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jedi Survivor launched, it wasn't great, so we talked about the launches of AAA titles and the expectations behind them. Uh, Sega buying Angry Birds, Rovio, um, Microsoft's and uh, Microsoft not paying for Twitter anymore, resulting in the API not working, which is kind of frustrating. Uh, Doug, ba- not Doug Bowser, Bowser getting released from prison. Doug Bowser is Gary one of the people Bowser, that works in. Right? Gary Bowser, thank you. Doug Bowser is the guy that works at Nintendo. He's the CEO. It's the other weird part, you know that, don't you? Yeah, Doug Bowser's the CEO, yeah. Yeah, Doug Bowser's CEO, Gary Bowser's Gary the... Bowser guy's getting sent to... Where are all these people called Bowser coming from? <laughs> I'm telling you. Why are they all attacking it's Nintendo? A, it's a secret Nintendo psyop. Something's going on. Yeah. goes deeper than this, and we'll be talking about that in the secret podcast later on. Yeah. Uh, the problem with the economy, which is the thing about McDonald's fries, and then we talked at length about retro gaming, emulation, and its state in 2023. Obviously, myself and Ali have differing opinions on emulation, but we all want what's best for our gamers, our players, uh, you guys. Um, so, uh, thank you for the fan letter as well from, uh, was it Ross? Yes, Ross. From Ross. Was yes. Ross thank you, Th- Ross. Yeah, thanks for sending in the mail, and hopefully yep. we can get more mail. I promise I won't give as sad of an answer to questions as that <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we'll try to be more positive on the next one. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at Sunfire Tavern. Uh, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you receive your podcasts. Uh, and if you want to send us your questions, you can do so through the Google form, or you can drop us an email at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. Ollie, anything before we go? Any final thoughts? Oh, um, speaking of final thoughts, uh, Jeremy Spring- uh, Jerry Springer died. Oh. There you damn. go. You know his whole thing about Jerry's final thought? That was the kind of impetus behind a lot of that stuff? Uh, no? Am I no. talking nonsense? No. But cool. So in the 90s, Jerry Springer was a big talk show host, uh, and he used to do a thing at the end of every episode where he'd do Jerry's final thought. And the cat, he'd be like sitting on a stool with like one leg hanging off, looking all cool. And he, he'd give like his impression of the episode that you just watched. Yeah. Uh, and it was cheesy and like, you know, like Sonic says at the end of the Sonic yes, episode. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, Sonic says. Yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, so yeah, there we, there you go. So there there's go. a, there's a final thought. Uh, well, I guess um, my final thought is R.I.P. Jerry Springer. Bye, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> People die, Ollie.
It's do. sad, but people they die. Do. It's what happens. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for the email. Hopefully, we get more 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 emails in. And uh, become famous. For, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah. we'll see you in the next episode. And have a great bank holiday Monday for yes. those in the UK. Yes. Have a great bank holiday. Monday. Right, bye. bye.